0: Hey everybody, this is Nubia and I'm Francis. We are your dynamic duo of Chronicles Abroad.
1: As always, our goal is to inspire you to travel with passion and purpose. Now let's
0: get on with the show.
1: Welcome to Chronicles Abroad. It's a podcast show that uses travel to highlight stories of personal growth. So each week, we'll spotlight the stories of courageous world travelers, creative wanderers, and digital nomads who share their incredible experiences of the world through their eyes. If you like traveling, this is what you need. Welcome to Chronicles of Bar. This is Frances. And I'm Nubia. And today we have a really interesting story for you guys, a really interesting guest. We are chatting with Florence Wetzel. She's the author of several novels. Uh, Florence decided to move to Sweden so that she can write her novel, The Grand Man, a Scandinavian Thriller. So Florence actually lives three months on, three months off in Sweden, and she's a full-time location-independent writer.
2: So Florence, thank you. Welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. I love what you guys do. And it's fun to be able to talk about this. So this lifestyle.
0: Florence, thank you so much for being with us today. So I love this lifestyle, right? Three months on, three months off. That's like everyone's, you know, ideal journey. Tell us, how did this journey begin?
2: It began... Um, innocently, through reading a book, I read Steve Larson's trilogy, you know, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, The Girl Who Played With Fire, The Girl with the Hornet's Nest, and I just like I just fell in love with Sweden. Like I was living in Denver Colorado at the time and looking back I think without knowing it my life was like a little bit humdrum you know I was I was freelancing I was working at home all the time and I just I love Denver but I never quite got roots there I'd only been living there about four years and when I read these books I don't know you it's like karma it just clicked so I started reading all the Scandinavian mysteries I could get my hands on. I used to go to the Denver Public Library and I would look at the spines of the books. And if there was like an umlaut, you know, like a weird word, I'd be like, oh, I think that's like Swedish or Norwegian. Anyway, so I was reading a lot of those books and seeing a lot of films from Scandinavia too, a lot of crime films, which are really great. And then I was working on a novel then called Holy Denver. And when that novel was wrapping up, I thought, well, what am I going to do next? And this little voice popped up in my head and it said, you should write a Swedish crime novel. And then the other voice popped up. I'm sure you guys know, but this is like, you're crazy. You can't do that. You've never even been to Sweden. And I was like, yeah, that is kind of true. But the idea came to me and I just, I couldn't let it go. So I started researching the book and, you know, I had an idea and then I was like, okay, I need to go to Sweden. So my first trip to Sweden was January, 2013. And I was only there for three weeks. So at that time, Um, So from 2013 to 2017, then I moved to New Jersey, my dad died and I was taking care of my mom who was very elderly. So I went from like being a professional proofreader to being more or less my mom's personal assistant, which was actually fun, you know, going to Starbucks, you know, paying her bills and stuff. Um, But it also gave me freedom. You know, in a way, maybe my independent location lifestyle started then because I was living in my mom's house. It was not my house. You know what I mean? It was like not and I knew it wasn't going to be forever because my mom was 87. So for those four years, I went to Sweden three times a year, anywhere between like three weeks and six weeks. And then after my mom died and then, you know, emptying her house and sell it, I was like, oh, okay. now, now it's time. So my goal is I would actually like to eventually live in Sweden full time. But I think as you know, and probably your listeners know, you know, as an American in Europe, you can be here within the Schengen zone in Europe, you can be here for three months, and then you have to be gone for three months, and then come back. So that's how it started. So I've been doing the three months on and three months off now for, I guess, officially about two years.
1: That's pretty interesting. So Let's take it back a little bit. Have you always been a traveler? Have you ever lived abroad? Or is this kind of like relatively new thing for you
2: well you know my parents love to travel my parents and especially after all the kids are out not going to college they they traveled all over the world they went to africa many times they went to china they went to tahiti and when we were growing up they took us on a lot of trips you know i remember you know it wasn't their thing like to have a super nice car their thing was like to go on trips and there's actually a famous story of my mom when my dad asked her to marry him and he wanted to get her a ring she's like Forget the ring. Let's take the money and go to Europe. Smart um, dress. That. That's, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and my mom was really the one that got my dad traveling because my mom went. She went to. Um, she was born 1926. So after World War II was over, she actually went to Germany a few years after that by herself. I mean, she saw like war-torn Germany in the like the late 40s. So my mom was always had a travel bug, and she really instilled it in us as children. So we went on trips that were more like you know, conventional going to the Caribbean or whatever. But we also like we went to Egypt, we went to Greece and went to Europe. And I think that's definitely when it started. In my 20s, I did some traveling on my own. Uh, I went to Russia actually for 10 days. Uh, I went to Russia when uh, St. Petersburg was called Leningrad, <laughs> and uh, I went to Japan for three weeks. And then I actually did live abroad. I, I went to Greece on vacation and to Crete, and I met somebody, and I ended up moving there. So from 1990 to 1995, I lived in a tiny village in, in Crete with oh, a fisherman. Wait, so, a right? I I a right right Wait a minute. That's exciting. I was going to say, conversation right there. Wait a minute.
1: So you just met somebody and decided to stay. Because that's that's like a
0: fairy tale, right? That's every traveler's thought process when you're a single traveler. You're like, oh, you know, if I could just meet someone and...
2: Whisk away. Just live here forever. (laughs) Right? And there's that movie, Shirley Valentine. So everyone, that came out, you know, like 20 years ago. People are like, you're like Shirley Valentine. But yeah, it just, it just happened. I'm curious, you know, what did your family think that you, you just kind of like, hey guys, you know...
1: Not coming back, you know. What was that
2: like? You know, it's funny because I remember like my parents, I just remember being like in their backyard and them having this serious talk with me and me saying to them, but I'm like you, you think this is a weird thing to do, but you guys were the ones that took me traveling when I was young. And you travel all the time and go to all these countries that, I mean, I think they felt like Greece wasn't the safest country in the world. And something happened in that conversation. They were like, oh, (laughs) she's like us. It's just I took it a step further, you know?
0: I can dig it. I mean, the thing about travel is it's so like not planned. Mm -hmm. You can plan to be in a place, (laughs) and everything else goes not according to plan, right?
2: Exactly. Or like when I first came to Sweden, that first trip, I thought, OK, I'll come here. I'll do my research. You know, maybe I'll need to come back another time. I didn't know. I had no idea that it would lead to this, you know, whatever it is, seven years later. And here I am and I'm taking Swedish classes. And you know what I mean? And so I think there's like this karma or this click because I don't have mm-hmm. Greek blood. I don't have Swedish blood. But it's like a, my friend Eric, who I know you also um, interviewed. He said something about connecting with the energy of a place. I think that's That's so important. Yeah, I think that's what happens sometimes.
0: Now let me ask you a question about this whole three months on, three months off. It's more about, do you have any issues getting in and out of the country? Because like we lived in Thailand and Thailand only gives you 30 days. Oh wow. So you can go, yeah, unless you get a visa. Then you can get like a 60 day okay and there's other visas of course right like retirement visa education education visa you know all these different ones but as a tourist you can only be there 30 days now it used to be a little lax where you can go kind of in and out as long as you leave the country and come back now it's like you've been in and out too many times Right. Does that happen to you in Europe when it comes to the 30 days, not 30 days, three months on, three months off? Have they given you
2: that side eye? <laughs> <laughs> I, what you doing there? <laughs> oh, I, I had an issue, which I'll tell you about. But I have to say, you know, actually, like with Sweden, I've never had a problem. You know, when I come in, they're like, how long are you staying? And I just was like, you know, it's no good to lie. Like this time I'm here, you know, I say 90 days, but it's literally 80 days. I said, I'll be here two and a half months. They were like, oh, okay, have fun stamp. I was like, yeah. But what I should say is that to make my story neater, I said the three months on and three months off, I actually decided last when I first started doing this. I decided not to go back to the U.S. for my three months off of Sweden. Instead, I went to Svalbard. Where is Svalbard? Svalbard is north of Norway. It is, it's is—it's like where the polar bears live. There's like 2,000, 3,000 polar bears there. It's pitch dark for six months of the year. Anyway, but but it is not in the Schengen zone. So I thought, rather than go back to America for my three months, let me go to this funky place, which sounds interesting, and also there's a lot of Swedish people there, so I could continue working on my Swedish. Okay, so when I left Svalbard, so I left Svalbard and I flew to Oslo, and I had an issue. Oh my God, the flight was at like, it got into Oslo at like 5.30 in the morning. I was exhausted. And I don't know what it was. The woman at the passport thing, she gave me like the side eye, the stink eye. She just, she looked at my passport and she was looking at me and she was like, and then she said, wait a second. And so she called somebody and Norwegian is like Swedish, but not totally. So, you know, like when you, you understand like 50%, it's, it's almost worse than understanding nothing. And she was like, I've got this American here and she's been in and out of Svalbard and Norway and Sweden. And I don't know what's going on with her. And I'm sitting there like, and then she said, okay, ma'am, what I need is for you to get out of line and I'm going to have everybody else go through. And then my colleague is going to come and talk to you. I have a friend who works for the United Nations. She's in Africa, and they did kidnap training with her. So she told me about this special kind of breathing because I was so nervous. I didn't have, I hadn't done anything wrong. I was okay with my days, but it's called square breathing. You breathe in four times, you hold it four times, you breathe out four times, and you'll hold it four times. So I was like in the corner, everyone's like getting their passport stamp, and I was just going, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. Anyway, finally everyone was gone and they put they brought me back in and the guy said to me, He's like, So like what's what's going on? And I was like, I like Sweden, you know, and I just was in Svalbard for three months. You know, like, what do you I was like, I'm starting a language class tonight. Like, I'm just you know and he looked at the lady and he was like, Would you just stamp her thing? And she stamped it, but the look she gave me was like, I got my eyes on you. <laughs> so she was like, I just love the place. I know. It was just like, What are you doing? What are you doing traveling so much? It so was funny. weird.
1: You know, we're more than just travel, we provide tips resources and hacks for the curious traveler in you. So whether you're a lover of travel or just someone who is ready for a change, we have something for everyone. My days
2: were fine. She's like, why are you going back to the U.S.? Like it was it was the only time so far and hopefully it won't happen again where someone is like, you're weird because you travel a lot. I mean, have you guys had that?
0: <sighs> I can honestly say I have Okay. Not. She travels more than me, so... I travel a lot, but I don't travel to the same country back and forth. Only when I lived in Thailand for those two years. And I was fortunate enough to get, like, under the radar. Okay. So... I've been in and out of Thailand multiple times for the past two years, but that was not uncommon. Right. You know, it's just recently after there was some shift in their political, you know, reigns that they started looking at Americans more. Oh, okay. Going, hmm.
1: Yeah. Nah. ain't doing this. <laughs> wow.
0: You know, you've been here too long. So I was gone by then. Okay. So that worked out in my favor. But I could not imagine being asked to pull to be pulled aside because even though you don't do anything, it's scary. It's scary. Because you're in a foreign land, you don't speak their language, you don't know what's going on. And the unfortunate part is that a lot of these countries see us American women as mules. Oh really? Because that was the history. Oh, Oh, I
2: didn't know. I'm so naive.
0: Oh, yeah. Florence, what's a drunk Especially if you've traveled to other countries, like Latin American countries and okay, things like that. I don't know if you ever watched, uh, I think it was, uh, what's that geographic? Um, locked Up Abroad. No. Uh, I don't know if it's on National Geographic or not. But I don't think so. <laughs> it was like this show, right, that showed people... Getting locked up abroad. Getting locked up abroad. And majority of them were... Australians and Americans. Oh, okay. And wow. It just it just puts
1: this fear. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I don't watch that show specifically for that. I don't watch anything that scares me.
0: <laughs> well, I mean I Florence it. likes like Scandinavian crime
2: <laughs> films. <laughs> I'm
1: living it, right? But you know, I actually
2: I'm going to. OK, so my passport expires in like three years and I did some research. You don't have to wait till then. So I'm I'm growing my hair out. My hair was is brown in my passport. So I was like, when I go back to America in like two weeks, I'm actually going to get a new passport. I'm going to have a new picture. My hair is white. And I just thought maybe it just and, you know, fair enough. My passport is, you know, sure, your passport's too. It's It's not that it's a mess, but it's kind of like, wow. You know, so I thought let's just kind of start a clean slate, especially now, you know, that there won't be as many stamps. I thought let's just you know, with the hair, how I look and yeah, I mean, that's not always the solution. But my recommendation to your listeners, though, when you're in that situation, you know, it's them who have all the power and just Breathe, just breathe, and you haven't done anything wrong. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully you're not a drug <laughs> Hopefully, you're not guilty. Already. And just answer the questions <laughs> that they ask you, you know. Not because you know, the tendency and I had to stop this is to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. it's like, just yeah, especially
1: as Americans, we're always used to fighting back in a sense, like, well, wait a minute, because I'm don't do no. any of that. You know what I mean. Play along and just
2: exactly. Leave. I agree with that. And the other thing tip that I have is um, actually. Well, here's a story. This is something that happened with my Schengen days. Is that so? My tip to the listeners is, you know, there's the ninety days. Really, I would leave at day eighty two, eighty three, eighty four max. It's really, really good to have a little bit of a margin because you don't know what's going to happen. And I had something that happened. It wasn't. It, it was actually the opposite problem. There was nobody to stamp my passport before I went to Svalbard. I was going to the Faroe Islands. So you know the Faroe Islands? Yeah, they're they're just like Svalbard is part of Norway, but not part of Schengen. It is the same thing with the Faroe Islands. It's part of Denmark, but it's not in Schengen. So when you go from Norway to Svalbard, they're very organized. They have like their stamps and they have like a little special place you go. And they're like, you are now out of the Schengen zone. You're like, yeah. So when I was going to the Faroe Islands, I thought it was going to be the same thing. But I get to the airport and I'm like, okay, so where is my where do I get stamped so I can show that I'm leaving the Schengen zone? And they're like, Faroe Islands are in the Schengen zone. I'm like, no, they're not. I talked to four different people. I got four different answers. And finally, this woman said to me, when you get to Faroe Islands, there'll be someone at the airport and they'll stamp your passport. And I was like, okay. And then I got there and there was nobody. There was nobody. They're like, oh, but you came from a flight from a Schengen country. I'm like, yeah, but I am not from a Schengen country. So I was there for six days. And thank God I had left that margin because I couldn't prove that I was in the Schengen zone. I even someone said, we can go to the police station. They're like, but it's closed. It was Christmas time. This is how safe the Faroe Islands were. They were like, it's closed. They're opening up two days after Christmas. So I went there and they were like, we're sorry, we we can't do that. They were really nice. So that was really scary, but I'm really glad that I left that margin. Yeah, that is so important. That's Don't important ever for do any it country. The day before, <laughs> like you never know
1: what's gonna happen. Flight delayed. Like that actually happened to my son. So he flew into Thailand, and we had I think it was like two days or something like that. And but the the um, the Thai police officer, I felt like. They kind of jacked us up for a couple extra hundred baht, which is fine. I paid it. But I feel like he still had another 24 hours, but we were playing it a little too close. And that freaked me out. It freaked him out, especially his first time abroad. So that margin is so yeah. crucial.
0: Oh, yeah. I did that in in Indonesia. <laughs> <I was there. laughs> this girl. I was like, what you trying to get locked up in Indonesia? And they don't play either. It was like, you know, as much as you travel, you mm-hmm. still make mistakes. Yeah. Right. So I had got a flight that was like 1230 a.m., but I didn't realize because it's already 1230 a.m. It's the next day. Right. Right. For whatever reason. So I'm heading to the airport at like, I don't know, 10 a.m., not realizing that it was 1230 a.m., not 1230 p.m. So I was already a day late. Oh, wow. Okay. So my flight had left earlier that morning let's say one o'clock in the morning, I show up at like
1: noon. Right? That's when you missed your flight, right?
0: I missed my yeah. flight. <laughs> I was a day after my visa was already expired because I stayed until 29 days. Right. So here I was.
1: About to get locked up abroad. <laughs> <laughs> oh no.
0: <laughs> I was like, she called me. I was like, oh my God. I was like. <laughs> I called her panicking because... I've never been in immigration officers' like office, right? (laughs) And it's like four immigration officers, and they're just like, "You pay, pay what? Like, why am I paying? I'm like, I missed my flight. They're like, you still in the country? You need to pay. If you don't pay, you need to go to the police station, and then we're charging you every day that you're here. And it was just, it was so much. It was a lot. Not not a place you want to be.
1: It's not a situation you want to be in at all.
0: Yeah. And some countries are not lenient. Mm-mm. They're just oh. like, rules are rules. That's this it. is what you do. I don't care who you are. <laughs> right. Where are you from? If I you don't want to crocodile tears. <laughs> just... <laughs>
2: Exactly, and you know the thing about traveling in the Schengen zone is like it's on you. It's not like there's like this little like buzzer that goes off in your passport. You know, you have to keep track of your days when you go in the country. They're not like remember, or they tell you the exact day. You have to take care of that. So I had that happen once. um, It actually happened in Svalbard, and it was embarrassing because I've lived, you know, in Sweden a lot. You know, they do that thing with the numbers here, like. One o'clock in America is like thirteen here. So yeah. any whatever yeah, I did, time. I ended up same thing. I go to the airport and they're like, Your flight left this morning. It was two forty five. It's like, oh, oh shoot. It was zero two forty five. Not Fourteen forty-five. Mm-hmm. I think trips me up, man. Yeah, it was just so I had to buy another ticket and the whole thing, and I was there, and I was like, you know. And the thing is, like, even at that point, it wasn't a numbers thing going on, but you just feel nervous. He ended up. I had to spend like another three hundred dollars. Another piece of advice, you know, have mad money, have that, have that emergency fund. <laughs> <laughs> that's that <not> travel tax <laughs> you know what i mean when you go to the airport have your make sure your your laptop is loaded Is you um you've got you know same with your cell phone because like suddenly they were like we don't have a ticket office you have to do it on your laptop so i'm like in the corner i've got my laptop on my suitcase and i'm buying a ticket for the flight that everyone else is going on i'm like ah, it was just nerve-wracking you know what i mean There was I was not going to get booted out or anything, but it just was like... Yeah, it's not worth the stress Well, you could
0: never... Well, I mean, that's a good point, right? Is that people usually put enough money for their trip. They budget for their trip. You have to have these like incidental costs just in case. Yeah. I'm talking about luggage fees because, I mean, some of these smaller airlines charge pretty good money for overweight luggage. I know people who... What went to certain places in Thailand? The flight would be like thirty dollars, but their luggage would cost them two, three hundred.
1: Wow! Right? Indonesia pretty much robbed me. In time. <laughs> How much? Did and you- I and I fought with them because I was being so petty. And I was so annoyed, but I think I paid like an extra 200 bucks. Mind you, it was the same suitcase. I didn't buy because I don't buy any souvenirs. The same amount of stuff that I came in the country with and I'm leaving. I'm like, are you kidding me? I was like, where's your supervisor? Like, <laughs> none of that worked. I did the I did whole American thing and that didn't work. <laughs> and that's what I mean. It's
0: like the things you never think about. Right. It's like, I came into this country with it. I can't leave the country with it or you know it's just so many things you just never know right
1: i'm curious florence because um, we have this whole thing that we've been talking about lately which is like travel insurance okay yeah do you typically purchase travel insurance because we found that there have been quite a few stories of folks who haven't and then had major accidents abroad and got stuck there and had to either raise money to be able to leave the countries what's your what's your take on that You know, we're more than just travel. We provide tips, resources, and hacks for the curious traveler in you. So whether you're a lover of travel or just someone who is ready for a change, we have something for everyone.
2: You know, I read that on your um, Facebook page and I was like, yeah, that's, that's my worst nightmare. I am a big believer in world nomads. They are the best. So I have my At this point, you know, I have my insurance in America and I go to doctors there when I go, when I'm there, I take care of business. But World Nomads is great because you can be like, I'm going to be there. You just give them the dates. It can be, you know, it's up to a year, actually. But you can do it as many times as you want. You can do it three weeks and then three months later, whatever. And it's not that expensive and they cover it. They have like kind of a, a less expensive one and then a more expensive one. But even that one, I really I think it's worth it, especially the older I get. And also, you know, I spent time, as I said, in Svalbard, which I'm sorry, it's like one of the most dangerous places in the world. Like people just like, you know, you have to get helicoptered out. It a like, polar bear. Yeah, I mean, people get like attacked by polar bears and like it happened. Oh was it two God. summers ago? I mean, it happens, you know. Or just like you, it's so easy to break a leg, even if you're not going up a mountain because it's icy, you know, stuff happens. And I think, especially the older I get, I'm 57, but it doesn't matter. Like if you're 22 and you break your leg, you still need. So I'm a big believer in that. And I, I, I get that done. You know, there's one thing I'm actually a little confused about. OK, so there's travel insurance, which is like health insurance. But then there's travel insurance, which is like, I don't know, there's like a typhoon and your plane doesn't go and you have to stay over five nights and pay for a hotel. That's
0: where I get a little confused. That's more like airline insurance, okay. right? Like that. that's for your flight. So you're insuring that your flight. OK. If, if something happens. If so, I've had I always purchase airline insurance because it's very minimal and I change my mind a lot. So (laughs) If you buy flight insurance and you're unable to take your flight for whatever reason, meaning you have an illness in your area, there's like really bad weather or conditions or some kind of like act of God. Um, Let's say you lose a relative or whatever the case may be, you can actually get all your money back from your flight. Okay. Where most times, if you don't have that insurance, you just-
1: You're asked out. You're
0: asked out. That's your flight. You may be able to get points if you, you know, depend on what airline it is. Right. But most airlines are just like, well, I'm sorry. Right. That was your responsibility to take the flight. Right.
1: Some travel insurance includes that because I actually, I ended up not purchasing- world nomads and purchased alliance okay and it does cover some of that oh, okay um flight issue stuff and it wasn't super expensive it was actually so easy that i was like is this thing gonna work you right. know like, it was so easy to do it um so i definitely encourage people just just get it just get it i went three years living abroad and i didn't do it and i ended up having two motorbike accidents while being, living in thailand granted i was lucky you know what i mean but i'm just like ah I think it's just worth it. There's so many different
0: heart. options, right? Because right. as an as an American, we have credit cards, right? And a lot of our credit cards cover certain travel incidences, right. especially like Chase or American Express. A lot of them have insurance. Oh, okay. So They have insurance on you. Oh, okay. I didn't realize <laughs> that. So. So you can actually use, you know, different
2: methods. Right. Yeah. You the just got to kind of do your research. Right. Yeah. Exactly. See what works for you and see what you might already have. But I, I'm with you guys hundred percent. I think you don't need it until you need it and then you really need it. So it's good just to get yeah, it done. Right. Just, you just got it. You just got to factor that in, in your expenses. That's all. You know?
0: So I'm curious, where are you from in the States?
2: So I grew up in Westfield, New Jersey, little suburb about 45 minutes from New York. Okay. And then I went to school in New York City. I lived most of my adult life in Hoboken, New Jersey with that 5-year interval in Greece. And then I actually moved I lived like uh, 7 years in upstate New York, the Woodstock area. And then I lived in Love that cold weather. I Love that cold weather. I wondering like I'm
1: running away from it. Oh my god, I live in Boston and I'm like <laughs>
2: Fuck this. I love The right in it's so cold, and I'm like, yeah. And then I lived in Colorado. I know, I know. Then I lived in Colorado for a year. So as that's when I started freelancing. And anyway, so that's that's where I grew up. So basically, I grew up in New Jersey, New York City area, and then an interval in Greece, also Colorado and upstate New York. So
0: okay, been around. So I mean, you're from the Northeast corridor, yeah. so you're familiar with the winters. Yeah. But I was just wondering, like. What was it about Sweden, right? These Scandinavian countries, don't get me wrong, they're absolutely gorgeous. One of my favorite places is Iceland. Oh, yeah. You know, amazing. But they're very cold. They're very expensive for food because, you know, the agriculture does not grow everything. Right. So the import is expensive. Why Sweden? Like, how did that? I know, I, I realized that you like the books, you know? I, I love the girl with the dragon tattoo oh. and all of the books. I've read all the series, but <laughs> it didn't make me run to Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you watch the movies and everything is so like gray and wet, and you know, it's just like, Mm-mm.
2: damn. It is damn. I mean, that is such a good question. And there's people here who are like, Are you kidding me? Because now like I don't know, like November especially is you know, that's when like the days get really short. It gets dark at three o'clock. I mean, I'm in Stockholm. Up north it's like dark a lot more than that. And people are like, It's raining and it's cold. I'm like, I feel like I'm in a detective novel. So I still after all these years have a little bit of that that magic thing there. But you know what I think it is? I just I don't know. i I like the lifestyle here. I like I like the coffee. The coffee's really good. I just I just felt like it was calmer, even though Stockholm. oh, so so I feel like I have traveled around a bit in Scandinavia, but I feel like Stockholm, that's my Stockholm was my great love. I just like the lifestyle here. I mean, it's just, sim- okay, it's a big city. And for people in other parts of Sweden, they're like, oh, Stockholm, you know, that that's such a crazy city. But for me, having lived, you know, right by New York all my life and lived there, I'm like, are you kidding me? It's so, the pace is different. Like, it's just calmer. And like, for instance, like you get a London or Paris or New York, there's like the subway system. There's like 10, 15 different lines. There's like 50 stops on each line. It's just, you don't know where you're going. In Sweden, there's the red line and the green line. That's it. Then there's the blue line, but nobody takes that. And maybe because they have the socialist roots in this country, not to get too much into politics, but, like, for instance, Friday at 3 o'clock in Stockholm, like, nobody's working. Like, everyone's gone. Do you know what I mean? And they get a lot of vacation. I mean, just compared to how it is in America. And there's just also – um so now I, I have to talk about Fika. So FICA – it's kind of like a coffee break, but it's more than that. It's part of Swedish culture. And it's basically like when I think of a coffee break in the U.S., it's kind of like, OK, I have 20 minutes. Let's meet at Starbucks. OK, let's go. Oh, sorry. I got to go. But fig is more like, you know, you sit down. Fig is usually at least an hour and you sit and you talk and you drink coffee. Maybe you have an incredible pastry I don't know. Like I like that Fika cultures. There's a real cafe culture here. Stockholm's got the best cafe. So um, in terms of money, it's very interesting because some things here are definitely more expensive than in the U.S., but some things are a lot cheaper. One of the big things for this lifestyle is, is phones, as I'm sure you guys know. So for instance, I have a phone here and so I get I fill it up when I'm here. I can fill it up like month by month. So my three months here, I fill it up three times. It cost me 15 bucks. I've got unlimited calls, unlimited texts, and I've got like five gigabytes, $15. And it's like, you know, in New Jersey, I pay 60. And another thing in Sweden is there's something called the Dagens lunch. It's like the daily lunch. Most restaurants have it. It is like the best deal in town. It's usually like 12, $13. And you get a salad bar, you get lunch, which is like, they have amazing fish here. It's like a piece of fish that you would spend like 25, 30 bucks in a nice restaurant in New York or New Jersey. Even here, it's just like, yeah, right. It's just lunch. And then you get coffee all for that amount. So I read this in a guidebook about Sweden. It's basically like spend your money at lunch. Dinner in Sweden is quite expensive. I basically have like, and I also have coffee in my room where I stay. This is where I am now. Um, I stay at a long-term hotel, which is, it's a nice little place. And also the transit is pretty cheap. I get, when I come here, I get my three-month card. And it's it's really good. Like you can travel really far, not just in Stockholm, but you can take the bus and you can take boats. So, I mean, it's definitely been hit or miss. There's definitely been some things I've been like, oh, that's really expensive. I'm not doing that again. For example, you know, like, gum picks you know cleaning your teeth mm-hmm. so for instance in america like i use like eight of those a day like i need it for my dental situation and in america you can get like a box of like 100 150 for like maybe four or five dollars here it costs like 12. at first i was like I went to a drugstore i was like are you kidding me so i load up on those mm. you know what i mean this time like i would say like a fourth of my suitcase was like this little <laughs> <gum> thing <laughs> It's worth it, like if you think about it. I probably save, like, I don't know, I probably save like 50 bucks a month just from that. You're there. lucky
0: the Swedish government didn't pull you aside. Are you
2: smuggling in like, do you sell them? <laughs> I'm a you have, like fuel. a side hustle. <laughs> <laughs> That's her, I recognize her. She's the one with the nice teeth. Um, so. I hope that answers your question. Basically, like no, it it's does. like hit or miss. Some things you can't get around, they're expensive. But other things, like honestly, Scandinavian Airlines, I'm a big fan of theirs, they have amazing deals. Like I just got some crazy ticket if you buy in advance, like $400 round trip, I'm like, what? So I figure like the things I'm saving on make up for the things, um, you know, maybe spend more on. I definitely understand what you're
1: saying because I lived in Japan for a while and as you know, Japan is expensive. So I would, for lunch, they would have I would get the fresh fish too, came with a miso soup and rice and um, vegetables and all this stuff. And it was less than $10 and I was good for a while. So I would be able to navigate different places to eat, make sure I ate less than $10. And once in a while I'd splurge on something really nice. You know what I mean? But there are ways around it to help balance out how expensive it is. Obviously it depends on your lifestyle, things that you're interested in and what you're willing to do not willing to do everybody's different but there are ways around you know expensive places so i totally get it like what you hear so far make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now this
0: podcast is made possible by listeners like you we thank you for your support be sure to subscribe rate and leave a review now back to the show
2: yeah, and I, another thing, taxis. I know that in some countries, taxis are super, super cheap. You know, like they're not in Sweden. So things like to go from the airport to downtown Stockholm, I take the bus. They have the flieg um They come like every 10 minutes and they cost like $10. But if you take a taxi, it costs 60 So I really, i am just take taxis in like emergencies or just if it's like super late at night or something. So that that's a tip I have. Again, depending on the country, but that's right. another way I say and you're not in a rush,
0: you know what well, I mean? Europe, honestly, is one of the easiest places to just get around. That Flix bus goes everywhere. Yeah. And they're really inexpensive if you buy the ticket in advance. If you're a student, you even get more discounts. Well, one thing I noticed about Europe, right? Because you, you're you an older traveler, just like I am, right? These kids get really good discounts,
1: don't they? And you're like, Where's my student pass?
0: <laughs> it's like if you're under 30 or under 35, you get like these discounts.
2: And I'm yeah, like, well, yeah. I missed that boat. <laughs> you yeah, know, it's like I'm a student of life. Does that count Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They put so ages you just- on everything. Yeah. So it just, I don't know. I just, I somehow make it work and I keep, I keep a budget, but I, you know, like you said, you know, but I splurge sometimes you have to, if things come up and you're just like, yeah, let's do it. Like a, a theater ticket or just, you know, yeah. I get it. To, but again, to include that in your, your budgeting seems, it seems to work for me. So
0: let me ask you, you had mentioned that you were taking care of your mom and after your mom passed, you decided to spend more time abroad. Right. Do you think if matters were different, if mom was still here and everything else, would you still be doing the same thing? And the reason why I ask is because I hear or we hear a lot of people say, I want to do it, but I have aging parents or I want to do it. But my family, you know, my job, they, there's all these reasons. Was that one of your reasons for not Taken the leap earlier, do you think that would have kept you back in the States longer?
2: That is such a good question. You're right, for the older travelers, that's the thing. Because you know, once you hit in your 50s, suddenly everyone's got an old parent. If my mom was still alive, I wouldn't be here right now. I mean, I would definitely, you know, because my mom still lived in her own house, but she was fragile. And we had a we had great help. In fact, the woman that helped take care of my mom is is my my best friend. Her name is Sarah and she's wonderful. But I couldn't just leave my mom, you know. And what happened was when I first moved in, my mom was 87, but she was a very spry 87. She was very amazing. And at first, my trips were like six weeks. Like I went to Sweden three times a year, six weeks at a time. And it was great. You know, I loved it. But then I started noticing my mom was just getting more fragile. And so then I cut my trips back to like a month. And then it happened, like she had an operation that came up and I I had a whole trip planned and everything. I just had to cancel it, you know, because I was, you know, I was her main caretaker. And even though we had great help, you know, people have their own families and we couldn't, you know what I mean? It was like, sometimes my mom would say, I feel so guilty. I know you want to live in Sweden. I was like, oh, mom, but you know what? I just, sometimes it really is just you. Like I just could not leave my mom alone. Like I was it, you know what I mean? And sometimes I felt really constrained by that. But then I was just like, this is what life has handed me like I can't sometimes you can't hand your life off to someone else. You know what I mean? And sometimes I would look around and be like, where is the like responsible adult who's going to take care of my mom? And it's like, it's you. And she had she didn't have the world's biggest house, but she had a house and she had like different people in her life needed to be taken care of. There was it was a lot. And that's what it was. And so, yeah, I would have started sooner if she had uh, died sooner. And I, if she was still alive, I would still be there now. Probably just maybe coming three times a year or four times a year for short visits. Because there was a lot to organize when I went away. I would have, like, these big things on the wall, you know, these big schedules. And then a few times I did hire someone. And then I'd find out a few days into my trip, like, oh, your mom fired her. You know what I mean? <laughs> my mom was, she was sexy. Yeah, I she like that. She would do like. I moved her downstairs so it would be easier. And literally, like, oh, like after I left, she, like, called up, like, some moving company. She had them, like, move her bed upstairs. I mean, she was like, I'm... I gotta was, take matters in my own hands. I ain't waiting for y'all. It's in your bedroom downstairs now? She's like, no, I didn't like it. You know, I'm like, oh, mom. You know, so she... You know, so... Your, your yeah. mom sounds So it's, it's a thing. Oh, she yeah. was the best. She was cool. So, I mean, sometimes it works out differently. You have tons of siblings you can divide things with or... You know what? Honestly, I think what would have ended up was getting too much for me, her, and then she died. So that's something that goes in. I mean, you just have to evaluate your life, and then I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, that, those are the stark realities, and you know there is that level of responsibility that you can't really shy away from. Uh, but there are certain instances where sometimes people might lean a little too much as a form of like escape or not dealing with their own, whatever things that's going on with their lives and kind of using a lot of things as an excuse to not move forward. And so it's like really being honest with yourself, like, yes, this is a stark reality, but yes, you know, I really wanna make XYZ come true and let me plan that out and let's see what that looks like. And having a healthy distance between you and that situation. It's something that everybody deals with. Not everybody, but most people deal with. You know, I came back to the States because I had a son and he was going through a lot of things. You know, no one else has got, like you said, you can't hand over your life to someone else. And that's a reality of the situation. And, and you just got to make it work and deal with that. So I totally understand that. I can relate uh, to a certain degree.
2: Oh, that's true. And uh, one thing, though, I can say, I think maybe in my case, it might be a little different because I had like one country that I really wanted to be focused on and wanted to create a life in. So even if you're in a situation like I am, you can still do things to keep your dream alive like for instance i studied swedish every day and i felt like i was making some little thing towards my my future that way and i i watched swedish movies as you know detective novels and i started listening to podcasts and i had swedish friends that i wrote to and another thing i did that was always helpful was to make my reservations and of course same thing when my mom especially got older and more fragile all my trips had a little asterisk next to them like this may not happen i got the insurance but there was something about making that commitment to myself Even if I do have to maybe change it, it's like, no, I do intend to do this. This is important to me. I am. I want my life to be more there than here. So I feel like there are things you can do to make your dream come alive, even if it's like going to Barnes and Noble and looking at travel journals, because the day will come when your life does change. You know what I mean? One way or another.
0: Yeah, and I'm glad you said that because I always say to people, you create your own reality, right? Just because it doesn't look the way you anticipate it to look, it can still be a reality if you just make a way, right? It's kind of like one of those things where, what's that saying? That if you want to do it, you'll find a way. Right. So I like the fact that you would put and implement little pieces there, the of what it is that you wanted to do into your life so that you didn't just completely be like, oh, well, I guess this is not going to happen, you know? Because right. time does not wait for anyone. No, it doesn't. And it it's doesn't. sad that a lot of people just push waiting? stuff to, to the side. Like, I'll just wait to my kids to get older. I'll just wait to blah, 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 whatever it is. And sometimes that never comes.
2: Right. That's true. That is really true. And I think that's kind of the hidden gift of traveling a lot when you're younger, because it just seems possible. Like you just always did it. You know, it's not like we went on like 10 vacations a year. But, you know, I see that with my niece and nephew. They just they traveled a lot, too. And now they're very like, oh, yeah, she's like, yeah, I'm going to Israel. I'm going here. You know what I mean? It's it's very possible for them. But someone who maybe it takes a certain amount of confidence, you know, or just and and fears to be confronted because, yeah, you're leaving what's safe and familiar, but you're opening up to so much more. And you're right, sometimes that fear can can stop people, so yeah yeah that hasn't actually that hasn't been my problem although you know i must say before i went to sweden the first time i hadn't been to europe since like i don't know it'd been about 12 years and i remember i suddenly felt scared and it really surprised me but i realized like i was older like when i was young i never thought about what if i get sick what if i fall on the ice and i called a friend of mine laurel who's really she's a really good traveler and i said to her i was like you know i'm scared this is the first time i'm traveling like alone to europe as a middle-aged woman i remember she said she was like, you know what, understand you're scared, but just go, just go, just go, you'll see. And I was like, okay. So that that's good, if you have a friend, like a traveling friend, or even like what you guys are doing now or something online, it's like, yeah, you're not gonna be able to predict everything. If you can, book your ticket, get your money together and go. Yeah, do it scared, do it scared. Yeah, do it scared, I like that, yeah. yeah. And then I wasn't, then I was here and I was like, oh, this was, you know. I'm yeah,
0: like, I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> so you're a creative you've created multiple novels now did you write majority of your novels on your travels like was that your inspiration did you feel like you needed to be in sweden in order to write you know like a swedish novel <laughs> like do you feel like you would have had the same kind of creative impact had you stayed in Boken? was it
1: or colorado
0: or colorado or anywhere else
1: So it's time to dive deep and look into the holistic perspective of travel. We believe traveling is an investment in you. So our mission is to inspire you to book that flight, check that item off your bucket list and go on that adventure. And our hope is to ignite connections all over the world.
2: That is a good question. You know, my first two trips to Sweden were originally to do the research. And then when I was getting ready to start the book, I felt like I would just like to be in Sweden. Because my book, The Grand Man, takes place in Stockholm in January, February. That's when I did my research. I thought, well, it'd be nice to like be here when I start you know, start the book, because it's like living research. It's like, you know, what's it like when it's 10 below or whatever? Again, I wasn't, I knew I couldn't stay here all the time. I still can't stay here all the time. I don't have residency. So I just do my best. You know, I just feel like I I don't need to be in Sweden to write about Sweden. I sort of have like Sweden in my heart when I go back to America. But it does help. But I'm, I'm a big note taker and you know, of course it's great online. Like I can't remember what a certain street looks like. I just Google it. But I have found Sweden to be a real inspiration. I don't know. It just keeps, I keep getting new ideas from it. So, and now recently I've been writing horror stories <laughs> set in Sweden. <laughs> so that's been fun. Um, but I think maybe another, actually, I think one of the real challenges about trying to do creative work when you have this lifestyle is kind of like figuring out what you need to get it done. Like. I can you know I don't know what it's like to be a painter that's more physical you have to have certain things you know but for writing it's kind of like you know if you need to be in a quieter place in the morning you got to make sure your hotel is not on the main drag like what do you need like if you need to have your coffee and you wake up at six and nothing's open you got to make sure you have like you know get something the night before have the little powdered kind or something like that I like the expression being jealous of your time I mean you have to do that even with a creative project even if you're like live in one place but particularly when you're traveling. You know, like if I have a plane that leaves at like, I like to write in the morning. So if I have a plane that leaves at 11, I'll get to the airport earlier and get my business done. So then I can sit in a cafe for two hours. So that has actually been one of the challenges more like, cause especially when you move around, you know, setting that place where you can do your work. So I love that. You know, I'm curious, do you have any writing rituals?
1: Cause I know, and I'm probably going to mess this up cause I can't remember the names. I know one famous writer used to write naked. Um, <laughs> I want to say Maya Angelou, I think it's Maya Angelou, she she used to go to hotels and write. Uh, mm-hmm. So like, do you have any, any uh, rituals that you do as a writer to kind of like really get going?
2: I like to write in the morning. I like to wake up early if I've gotten enough sleep the night before. And coffee, there's something about coffee itself that wakes me up, but something about the act of waking, making coffee in the morning is just, it's basically like now we're getting ready to write. Do you know what I mean? So I also like to write in bed. I don't like to write at a desk. So I have like my lap desk here. It's under my bed right now. I like to have quiet. I turn my phone off. I told all my friends and they know like the ringer's not on. If there's an emergency, like send me like a text and be like, okay, you actually have to call me because I would check my text. Like I take like a 10 minute break between doing different writings. So I'll check. And if there's some kind of emergency, but that's important too, to let other people know, this is my like happy space. This is my sacred writing space. So if you need to jump in, do, but otherwise I'm not going to be answering the phone. And also not to get distracted with like, like I, I leave my phone on my desk, not to be checking Instagram or whatever. And even when I'm writing, if I'm working on my laptop, I don't have Facebook up as one of my tabs so things like that so part of it's like what i do but it's also what i i don't do so so you're not writing naked though so i'm not writing naked i'm I'm dressed you know for the most i am dressed. but i'm in my pajamas because i don't like it to feel like work so maybe i should try that i don't know but yeah that would be a distraction so yeah (laughs) she said that would be a distraction (laughs) especially with that 10, the ten
1: negative ten degrees out there on me. <laughs> well okay let's just get back to
0: that real quick so Florence, now that you're living a location independent lifestyle, is there anything that you still haven't done that you want to do?
2: Wow, um you know, I was very, very curious about living, like, in the north, in, like, the way north, like, north of Sweden and then in Svalbard. But after spending, like, three months in Sweden during the dark season when it was dark, I was like, okay, I've done that. Like, <laughs> not doing that again. You know, what I really want to do is is get residency in Sweden. Like, I, I feel like, and maybe this happens to you guys or some of your listeners, too, finally, or not finally, maybe it might happen there's a place and you're like, no, I really do want to stay there then things get very different you start thinking of the country in a different way so language is really important i spent i mean i like swedish i love swedish it's a beautiful language I spend a lot of time on that and then no i feel like at this point you know i traveled a lot from 2013 till now i traveled a lot you know and i went to iceland and i went to finland and i went to uh, norway i went to svalbard i went to the faroe islands a little bit in europe those were the countries I wanted to see. Those are the countries that were in all my detective novels and movies. So I feel like I, you know, I did that and I saw a lot and it always comes back to Stockholm. That is what I would like to do. I would like to move here. So I'm just, I go back to America and I work on my language. I work on my, you know, I keep Sweden alive. I try to write book reviews now in bookstagram reviews in Swedish now to keep that going.
0: Yeah, so I think. Well, now we just got to find you a, a Swedish spoof. I know. Before you get married
2: <laughs> in your residence. I know, right? <laughs>
0: That's awesome. it is. Is that That's it. I, or like you know. the cool. I know they got tender in sweet
2: and in Stockholm <laughs> they do they do and everyone uses it <laughs> or maybe maybe I just like I'm just keep working on my language things and and starting to write things in Swedish and even you know on Instagram I mean I love this like self-publishing thing it's not just books it's like you're self-publishing on Instagram it's like Who knows? You know what I mean? That might be the way that I end up staying here with some kind of job or something. So, yeah, Yeah. I feel I. I mean, I do still like to travel a lot, but I feel it really was my goal to go to the places where I had read detective novels that were set there or seen films set there. And I actually went to a lot of those places. So I have a feeling of satisfaction like, oh, I did that. That's awesome. No regrets. No regrets. No, not
0: at
1: all. That's it. Love it
0: beautiful. Well, Florence, thank you. Oh my gosh. This was fun. fun.
2: Oh, thank you guys. (laughs) Interesting. It was interesting to hear about your stories too. And I'm glad you're doing this because it's like I mean, I remember when I, I was looking up online, I saw digital nomad. I was like, that's not quite what I am. But when I found the term in- location independent, I mean, it was just great to have resources for people that are trying to live a different kind of lifestyle. And you guys are doing that. And so it's I'm glad I found you. So through my friend, Eric. Thank you, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: we appreciate it. But before we wrap up, we have this thing that we like to do, right? It's like hey. a lightning round. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hot so, seat. It's like the hot seat. We We're going meeting. to hit you off with a couple of questions and you just give us a quick answer. Okay. All right. First
1: thing that comes to mind kind of thing. Okay.
0: Cool. Yeah. Let's do it. Yep. Yeah. Right. Coffee, tea, or smoothies? Coffee. Airbnb, hostel, or hotel? Hotel. Breakfast, lunch, or dinner? Breakfast. Mm.
1: <laughs> Group or solo travel? Solo. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. You got that good. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, that's one last one. And this is just off the, off the top of my head. If you had to put your life into a song title, oh. what would that song title be?
2: Oh, wow. So um, I um, not know that for myself. Oh, I okay. I like this song anyway. My favorite things. My favorite things. These are a few of my favorite.
0: Oh, does yeah. it have to be a real song or a no, song? No, no it's, it's a made up song. It's right? just what, oh, what do you okay. think the title of your life would look like in a
2: song? Oh, in a song like. Um, it sounds like a Swedish love affair. Right. <laughs> I love Sweden. Oh, it is actually an obvious song, right? Take a chance. Take a chance on me. Da, 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 da. Like, oh, take okay. a chance. Like, yeah, give it a shot. Right.
1: That's I, great. Like that. I like that. Oh, yours be? Oh, man.
2: I'm a
0: wanderer. Uh, maybe because I haven't settled down yet. Predictable. I still am looking for that home, you know, that makes
1: me just like so warm and fuzzy inside. You know what? The first one that comes to my mind. Uh, so Rihanna has a song called "Ain't None of This Promised." Wow. Like, that's yeah. the first person that comes to my mind. Yeah. Nice.
0: I think a lot of us should look at our lives that way. Like, what would be? That's a cool question. Look at you. Right, yeah. She sure
1: does good things. <laughs>
0: Well, Florence, again, thank you so much for spending time with us. This was so much fun. Yeah, this is
1: a pleasure. So I think your your life is so neat. I love it. You just oh, kind of like thank you. going with it and being so open and I love it.
2: Oh, well, thank you guys. And good luck. I look forward to following you guys on Instagram and Facebook and everything. So I really admire what you do and personally and Thank great. you
0: very much. Where can our audience find you?
2: Okay. So I am on Facebook as Florence Wetzel. There are a few other Florence Wetzels, but I'm the only one who has a picture of Pippi Longstocking. Okay. Okay. So. okay. <laughs> Miss Pippi. Pippi? Pippi Longstocking. Swedish girl. The strongest girl in the world. And I'm on Instagram as Florence Wetzel, one word, 108. Okay. 108. okay. And we'll make sure we have your links
0: online for your, your books book and, everything. and your social media great thank you
2: that's great
0: so that way people can check out your yeah nine. seven jeesh that's a lot that's, that's awesome. a lot do you like thrillers uh, are
1: you gonna, gonna like be, to be the scary. next
0: stephen king like in female form
2: oh that'd be fun that'd be great who knows who knows so we'll see
0: that'd be kind of cool and we could be like
2: we know her. <laughs> i know <laughs> she was on the show she was
0: on the show <laughs> You know, I always had this. Okay, this is this is for me. Okay. I've always had this fixation. No, no lie. When it comes down to horror films mm-hmm. and horror novels, I always think to myself, "What the hell goes on in the writer's head?"
1: Especially yeah. *Crime <laughs> Punishment*. Come, right That's to come up with
0: some of these things,
1: right? I'm like, whoa. Yeah. I like so, thriller novels. I don't know to watch them.
0: But. What mindset do you? Is this like a huge imaginary like mindset you have to be in, like? What's the mindset to write
2: horror? You know what? I've seen two horror um, writers give talks. One of them was John Ived Lindquist. He's the one that wrote Let the Right One In. He's like the Swedish Stephen King. He's my idol. But both of them said something so interesting. They're like, think about a normal situation in your life and just be like, what if?
0: Mm. You know,
2: what if my French press was actually evil? I mean, what if, like... (laughs) And it started attacking me. (laughs) I read this whole book. Short stories, there's like an evil vacuum cleaner, there's an evil washing machine, and I was like, Yeah, but what about what do I like? What's important to me? I was like, Yeah, what about my French press, you know? Or, um, more seriously, I had like a little, um, it wasn't skin cancer, but it was like a dark thing on that I had to get like burnt off, and I was like, and it went away, and I was like, Yeah, what if it didn't go away? What if it was like some creature what from outer space A-base, that was yeah. like, you know, I mean, so it's like the what if. And actually, I I don't know about anyone else, but I actually laugh a lot because it's so absurd. You're just like, so I think it all comes from that what if. And sometimes that what if is scary. But a lot of times, honestly, I laugh a lot because I'm just like, this is so absurd. So it's I fun. It. It's really fun. Thank you. That
1: I think he has a sick sense of humor. <laughs> 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 Secretly. <laughs>
0: I think that helped me though.
1: Okay. The what if. Yeah. I, I never
0: thought of it like that. I always just thought, please don't take this the wrong way. I would think that
2: some, <laughs> some writers were just dark, right? Cause I'm just like, Whoa, that's some dark that's some shit. Sick shit. <laughs> it works. Yeah, someone was even telling me last night there's like high fantasy and there's like dark fantasy. Same with like I mean with um thrillers or, or scary um there's like splatter and stuff. I'm not into that. I'm more into the like the what ify stuff. But yeah, like what if you landed in Thailand oh you just left Thailand and you opened up your suitcase and there was like a little person in there or there was a statue you bought that came alive. What if? You know what I mean? That's you know Imagination. Yeah,
0: that's I love it. it. I love it. Thank you so
1: much again. Oh, my God. That was so great. Thank you. I had a great time. Thank you for tuning in to Chronicles Abroad. Please support us by sharing this podcast through your social media platforms. Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Follow us on Instagram and hit that like button at Chronicles underscore Abroad. Find us online at our website, ChroniclesAbroad.com, for tips, resources, and ways we can collaborate. So don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Until then, beautiful people, thanks for listening. Music by Stephanie James and Almighty K-Rock, produced by Adam Marcus.